you do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. Myths.org and Neopolis Media Group proudly present to you the Lone Gunman Podcast, featuring your host, Rob Clark, where research comes to shine and myths come to die. Stay tuned. Be right there. a bulletin from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Clark from the Lone Gunman Podcast. And if you're enjoying the show that you're listening to right now, then I invite you to check mine out. It's a true crime history-based podcast where we examine all kinds of conspiracy theories, the players, the places, the people surrounding the assassination of our 35th president, John F. Kennedy. We debunk myths because there's a lot of fake people, fake things, fake information out there trying to mislead you from the truth. Does this sound like an assassin to you? Sir, I work in that building. Were you in the building at the time? Naturally, if I work in that building, yes, sir. Back up, man. Come on, man. No, they're taking me in because of the fact that I live in the Soviet Union. I'm just a patsy. The famous words of Lee Oswald, I'm just a patsy. Was he innocent or guilty? Tune in and find out. Darkmist.org iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker. Thank you. What's up, people? Episode 122. This is the Lone Gummin Podcast. This is your boy, Rob Clark. And this show is featured as this month's podcast for the dark mist collective but you know instead of just pimping myself i would encourage everyone out there that if you enjoy this show you can find a ton of other great podcasts over at darkmist.org you can head over to tlgpodcast.com and i will put up a link that will take you directly there all you have to do is click it. You don't have to remember it, but uh, darkmist.org, that is the podcast collective that I'm a part of, and they support me, and I ask you to support them. There's a ton of great shows over there, whether you're into fiction, true crime, history, uh, fantasy, uh, the strange, the unusual, uh, 
legends, myths, mythology, mythology. Tons of great shows over there for you to check out at darkmyths.org. All right, today, people, as part of the continuing Welcome to My Show series, <laughs> uh, I encourage everyone, you know, th- there is 121 other episodes in the archives available for free uh, on iTunes and at Spreaker.com, which is my hosting site. And I want to encourage everybody, you know, to pick and choose. You don't have to listen in order. Uh, there is no chronological order to this show. It's just uh, different subjects at different times. Uh, the last show I did, 121, was called The Primer. It gives you a brief overview of, of the case and why uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to talk about. Now, this week, we're going to be debunking a myth. That's right. You know, it's part of the show. It's, it's what we do here sometimes, and sometimes it's necessary to do because you get a lot of people standing up on soapboxes, you know, claiming that, that, that they've solved the case and that so-and-so was behind it and so-and-so was shooting and so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. Look, I'm here to tell you that for every theory out there, there's 10 people waiting in line to debunk it. The question is, who has the evidence? Who has the documentation? Who can prove what they're saying? Okay, I need more than a story. Like I said last week, it takes a little bit more than a story. A little bit more than maybe one person's supposed first-hand account of things uh, for me to buy into and believe and support and proliferate a version of events when it comes to the assassination. And this week we're going to be talking about the involvement or supposed involvement of George Herbert Walker Bush, former president, George Herbert Walker Bush, former big swinging dick of the Republican Party, Mr. George H.W. Bush, former CIA director, George H.W. Bush. Former Vice President George H.W. Bush. Um, now, there is a photo flying around the internet supposedly depicting George Bush Sr. in Dealey Plaza in front of the Texas School Book Depository. And I'm here to tell you folks that that photo has been debunked. Various versions of other photos from the same photographer, a man named William Allen, who took a series, a variety, a ton of photographs that day in Dealey Plaza immediately after the assassination. Now, the man captured, of course, in the one photo that everybody likes to put out there as being George Bush, is actually captured in a, a couple of other of William Allen's photos from different angles. And in these other angles, it is clearly not George Bush. Okay, people? We need to put this myth to rest. We need to put this story to bed. Head over to tlgpodcast.com if you would like to see the real photo and who it really is. Um, you know, anybody can anybody can find a photo. And, and, and you know how it is with pictures. You know, you don't always... 
you know, when you're captured from different angles, even when you're looking at yourself or other people, you know, you might see a photo of somebody that doesn't quite look right or doesn't quite look like them. Um, you know, it just happens to be an angle. You know, it, a photograph is just a fraction of a second captured and memorialized on film forever. What people have to remember is that in real life, when people are doing things, they are moving, they are talking, they are gesturing, they are shifting their weight. There is glare from the sun, there are shadows, there's this, there's that. There's a million things to take into consideration when it comes to a photograph. What kind of film was it? What kind of camera was it? What time of day was it? You know, and so on and so on and so forth. And what people like to do is either darken photos or blur, make them a little bit more blurry. Shout out to Dave and Dave from Blurry Photos Podcast. What's up, guys? Uh, blurry photos um, on purpose. You know, there's a lot of crystal clear images of this George Bush character quote-unquote George Bush character in Dealey Plaza, but nine times out of ten, the ones you run into online are going to be the somewhat blurried and enlarged versions. Excuse me. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about here today. Okay, we, we, we do, we, the, the picture itself has been debunked. Okay, in, in, in Barbara Bush's memoirs and her autobiography, she actually tells of, of the events of that day and where they were and what they were doing. Um, George Bush was actually giving a luncheon speech at a, I believe it was a Kiwanis club in Tyler, Texas. And we have a photo of him doing so. Okay. And a luncheon generally happens somewhere in the neighborhood of noon. Okay. Uh, that's when most people have lunch. Um, and I'm not too sure how far Tyler, Texas is away from Dallas. I mean, I'm sure it's not that far. But, you know, for him to be at a meeting or a luncheon in Tyler, Texas, I'm sure he gave a speech. I'm sure he sat down and ate lunch. I'm sure he talked with a lot of the people from the club there afterwards. You know, you don't just give a speech and run or, or eat and run as it, as it would be. Um, that's just rude. Um, so... You know, we have a picture of him doing this. You know, you can't be in two places at once, is what I'm trying to say. And yes, they did go back to Dallas that day, but it wasn't early enough to be captured in this William Allen photograph, is what I'm, is what I'm getting at. Um, and like I said, we have the photo of, of the person from different angles, uh, from different photographs, and it's quite clear that it is not George Bush, Okay. It's quite clear. And I'll post all the stuff over at TLGpodcast.com for you to check out. But there's, of course, there's more. I mean, there's been whole movies made about this subject by John Hankey, JFK 2, or I'm sorry, Dark Legacy and Dark and Dark Legacy 2, um, you know, implicating the Bush family as being, for being behind the assassination. Or, you know, and like most of these politicians, these people that have rose to the, you know, the office of president, you know, in politics, you know, are these nice guys? Probably not. Are they good guys? Probably not. You know, but when it comes to implicating someone in the murder of a president, you know, you need proof. 
you know, just 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 like L- Lyndon Baines Johnson was he a, was he a bad guy? Yeah. Did he have a motive? Yeah. I mean, he's vice president. You know, Kennedy dies, he's president. Sure, but you need proof, 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 proof. And we're going to dispel a myth here today about George H. W. Bush being involved in uh, the murder of President Kennedy. And there's a lot more to it than a picture in Dealey Plaza. There's a lot more to it than a picture, uh, a blurry photo uh, uh, that's been colored by Richard Hook saying that George Bush is in a window in the Dow Text building, you know, being a spotter for a sniper. I mean, it's just ri- ridiculous stuff like that. And and this episode started off as <laughs> it was supposed to be about a 10 minute uh, hit session for ridiculousness of the week. And it grew into being the whole damn show. So. Join me if you will. Uh, I've got a, a great guest for you today. Uh, my friend from the Dallas Action Podcast, Mr. Doug Campbell, comes back on the show. And we're going to go through and dispel three of the biggest reasons why folks like to implement George Bush in the assassination of the president. Besides the photo. Besides just the photo. There's other stuff. But we're going to knock it all down for you here today. And hopefully help you see things with a much clearer image. So without further ado, here is my buddy Doug. Check it out. All right, people. You know what time it is. It's time for Ridiculousness of the Week. And for those folks new to the show that are just checking me out, who listen to fellow Dark Myth shows, I do a segment... I try to do it every show. It doesn't always happen, but the week. Uh, and we try to dispel some of the myths and expose some of the just ridiculous ideas that some people attribute to the Kennedy assassination. Ridiculousness today of is the a week. Very, very fine example of just that, because I'm sure even if you're not too, too familiar with the Kennedy assassination, that you might have heard the rumors of George Bush either being in Dealey Plaza that day, or you might have seen a picture that looks like him, or you might have heard uh, some some various rumors of his, of his ties, uh, you know, maybe, maybe being behind some things. Well, today we're going to dispel some of these George Bush-centric myths. And I thought, who better than the man himself who's been posting a lot of these myth-debunking posts on Facebook, the host of the Dallas Action Podcast, my friend, Doug Campbell. Welcome to the show, Doug. Well, hello, hello, my dear friend Rob. What is up, my man? I'm oh, pumped. Good, me too, brother. I mean, it's been, it's been a couple months since I last talked to you. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, we, we, we've touched before on the photo, of course, of George Bush and Dealey Plaza. We, we, we've dispelled that myth completely and totally. And... Now we're going to get into some other things. Uh, we, we've got we've got some FBI documents. We've got some hearsay for some pretty big names. Um, we've got attributions of of different uh, different folks about certain things that George Bush may or may not have done or been involved with. So let's jump right into it and start dispelling some of these myths. I'm ready, man. What about you? I I think. And you, you, you tell me if I'm wrong. The, 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 there are two, well, there's three. There's three big, giant pieces of quote-unquote evidence 
uh, that people hold up and go, see, George H.W. Bush was involved in Dallas. And I'm not talking about the photograph, because you pretty well shot that out of the water a couple of years ago, didn't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rob did it. And, uh, uh, but, but, but the other three are the FBI reports. Um, now, this was um, the report. Hoover sent to somebody and, and, and said the FBI was liaising with someone with the CIA named George Bush to gauge the reaction of the Cuban exile community in Miami on the assassination that weekend. Is that right? That's right. And just a couple small problems that could be wrong with this so-called FBI memorandum from Hoover. Uh, back then, everything was typed, dictated, this, that, and the other. I mean, and not not to say that George Bush is a common name like John Smith or anything like that. Um, and people have done some research on this. There were other folks named George Bush who did work for the CIA that we know of. Um, it could have been George Rush. It could be a typo. Uh, you know, any number of things here. And it doesn't necessarily mean that this George Bush is that George Bush. It may very well have been a pseudonym, too, because, I mean, you know, you hear about people like Hunt, uh, Howard E. Howard Hunt, you know, the Watergate burglar that a lot of people tied into the assassination, and David Atlee Phillips, uh, who was chief of Mexico City Station for the CIA. You know, they had five, six pseudonyms at a time that they used with different people. So, you know, it's a lot of names for a lot of agents, and who's to say that you know, somebody in the office didn't say, okay, George Bush, you're giving that one, <laughs> you right. know, and another not thing saying is, that happened, but yeah. it's possible, you know, is, is how would Hoover know who was a CIA agent and who was not, um, that's up for debate as well. Um, and, but separate from that, we have absolutely zero documentation, paperwork or anything that George Bush, the former president of the United States was with the CIA in 1963. We have zero, absolutely zero documentation or proof whatsoever. You know, and people say, well, you know, he was the director of the CIA for one year in 1974. He could have, he could have cleansed everything and got rid of all these records, this, that, and the other. But you know, that's not always the truth because you know how people well, they, are. They, they read too, too much. I think people read too much sometimes in, in, in into political appointments of, of you know, uh, especially after, in, in the wake of Watergate. Um, uh, you know, before then, I think the CIA directors were always promoted from within, it seems like, except for like maybe McCone. You know, there was that Dulles to McCone to Helms thing. Yeah. But it's really much, I think, much more of a, <clears throat> excuse me, political appointment anymore, the directorship, you know, than it is, let's pick somebody with, uh, you know, a good background in intelligence, you know, is Leon Panetta really a master spy? No, I don't think so. No. You know, what was the, the Clinton's, uh, what was Bill Clinton's uh, secretary of defense who was like a college professor? He taught uh, something, you know, his background wasn't even uh, anything related to the defense, you know, industry or anything. So no, no. They, they want a good, a good PR that. person is what they want. Yeah, wasn't Bush the chairman of the Republican National Committee before he got that appointment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was yeah. he was a rising star in the Republican Party, you know, and it's just another step on the ladder, you know, to his eventual, you know, 
wanting to become president, you know, and getting on the yeah, ticket with I would, Reagan. I would attribute the directorship to more maybe maybe of the crony good old boy, a result of the crony good old boy network, than I would, you know, him being some sort of master spy or right. lifelong intelligence operative. You know, I put more, yeah. yeah, I put more weight on that that whole skull and bones thing, the old uh, Yale, you know, good boy network. Hey, yep. you know, sure. You know, but as far as this whole getting back to the whole assassination thing, um, yeah. You know, we have absolutely zero documents from anybody. You know that George Bush was even with the CIA back then or ever until he was director in 1974. So, well, that, you know, you can go to Mary Farrell, like you just pick somebody. You know, in the narrative of the assassination, pick uh, Lawrence Howard, pick Lauren Hall, pick uh, whoever. And go to Mary Farrell, and and, and you're gonna ping, you're gonna ping documents. You know, what are you gonna ping in, in this in this case? You know, one the FBI report. You know that uh, that you were telling me that um, Joseph McBride actually found. I mean, it's no, you're right. It's not there. There, there's no documentation. And 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 what's even flimsier is the Zapata theory. <laughs> you yeah. know, and and uh, that I think that's. Probably the ridiculousness uh, du jour. That's the big one we wanted to hit and kind of try to dispel tonight. No, my friend. Yeah. Now, now, getting to Zapata. All right. The name Zapata, of course, stems from a Mexican revolutionary who was actually killed and betrayed by his own his own men. And but he's he was a very revered revolutionary in Mexico in in the early part of the 19th century. And very big in the Latin community, you know, all over Latin America, actually. Um, that's where the name, I think his name was Rolando Zapata. Now, mm-hmm. there is a, what, is it a bay? It is an, the entire southeastern peninsula of Cuba. Okay. It's called the Zapata Peninsula. Now, well, I, we're, uh, the, the big Zapata theory amongst, uh, I've even started calling them the Bushies, dude, um, is that one of the things they hold up, they say, well, the Bay of Pigs was called Operation Zapata. Right. Um, George Bush's oil company was called Zapata Oil. Right. And this is something that, that, they, that, that people that want to believe is trumpet. <laughs> you know, like it's... Uh, at the very least, they think it's suspicious, you know, that, that, that somehow, and I think I've even heard it on Fetzer's show that, you know, he'll say it's obvious that the biggest piece the operations of Potter was named for George Bush's company because right. he's evil George Bush. Well, you know what we have? We have primary source documentation right in front of me, Rob. We're going we're gonna to tell the story of how operations of Potter actually got its name. Now, yeah, well, let me let me throw this out there real quick too. Throw it out there, baby. All right, Zapata, of course, the revolutionary who was betrayed by his own men at the Bay of Pigs was mainly Cubans going back against Fidel Castro, the leader of their own country. So essentially, uh-huh. he's being betrayed by his own people the same way that Zapata was. Hence, Operation yep. Zapata. Okay, but go ahead, Doug. You know, let's, let's get to okay. the business. What now? There's a frequent guest on your show, um, the author of Two Princes and a King, um, the researcher uh, Carmine Savastano. And yep. one thing I've picked up 
on Mr. Savastano from listening to you guys converse on your show is people call me notoriously hard to convince. I've, I've been told that. I think he is, and this is to his credit, and I mean this as a compliment, he is even harder to convince than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And let me let me see what I what I mean by that when I say primary source material or documents like 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 he preaches, you know. Um and that's it's fine to speculate all you want. That's okay. But before you trumpet that it's absolute truth, like Operation Zapata, the Bay of Pigs was named after George Bush's oil company, for instance. Find Something in the primary source material. Give me a photo. Give me a document where it's written. Give me something I can put in my hand. Give me a handwritten note somebody made in 1961. You know, convince me with something tangible and real. And this is what we have here. What we have here is it reads, and I'm going to read for this is the cover sheet. This is a CIA historical review program released to sanitize in 1997, formerly top secret. Internal CIA historical paper. It's a report that was that that was submitted by a Colonel Hawkins. Is that right? Let me read that. Yes, Colonel J. Hawkins, United States Marine Corps, for the CIA in May of '61. It was less. It was it was like two and a half weeks after the Bay of Pigs was when. Literally two and a half, like two and a half weeks. Uh, Matter of fact, I'll give you the right the, the exact date. It was uh, controlled by Western Hemisphere Division, um, and it's a date prepared 5 May 1961. So what is that? Maybe three, like three weeks. You know, so it's less than a month right. um, from the actual bad things. And the title of of the, uh, of the paper is Clandestine Services History, Record of Paramilitary Action Against the Castro Government of Cuba. 17 March 1960 through May of 1961. So this is formerly top secret internal report that the CIA prepared, not for submit submittal to the White House, not for submittal to Taylor, who did basically the same thing for President Kennedy, right? Right. This was their own internal. Here's what ha- here's what's been happening with Cuba. And it's an interesting document because they go right down to, you know, right down to the to, to the number, how many successful raids, how many uh, how many oil refineries were blown up, how many, and it's amazing when you when you read the totals about how many sugarcane fires they set, you yeah, know that. Kind of, and we'll post all these over on TLGpodcast.com dot com for you to for you to read it for yourself too. But we're going to cover them here. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, back to Bush and Operation Zapata and. Like I say, it's one of the big sort of three pieces of evidence along with the FBI report and the boats, which we'll get to in a minute, that people hold up. You know, Zapata Oil, George Bush, future director of the CIA, Operation Zapata. Well, here's the thing, okay? The first thing we're going to read from is this is in the paper, and we'll post, and like I say, I'll send it to you. This is number 11, and this is in the Bay of Pigs whole thing, and, 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 and this part is headed, position of the Department of State in regard to the Trinidad plan. Okay, so what is the Trinidad plan? The Trinidad plan was, Trinidad was the original geographic landing 
proposed landing site for the Bay of Pigs. This was a number one plan that the CIA prepared for, landing in Trinidad. It's a geographic reference, therefore it was called the Trinidad Plan. The Secretary of State and the Assistant Secretary of State for Latin American Affairs consistently opposed the Trinidad Plan on the grounds that the operation would have the appearance of a U.S. World War II invasion and would be too obviously attributable to the United States. Said Secretary Rusk and Assistant Secretary Mann objected in particular to the conduct of any tactical air operations. So, right away... Rusk and who I assume had Kennedy there, they didn't want them to do any any air operations, right? And that's going to be important in the naming of the operation later. So later on, we've got this. What happened then between March 13th and 15th of 61, and this is like right at a month before they're getting ready to go. They've planned all this time, you know, the CIA allegedly, and we'll get to that too. They've planned to land in Trinidad. They have the Trinidad plan, but they've got a problem, and the problem is the airplanes, the bombers, the B-26s. It says, during the period 13 to 15 March 61, the paramilitary staff, pursuant to verbal directions from the deputy director of plans, that's Bissell, conducted an intensive study of possible alternate sites in which a landing could be made in such a way as to satisfy the limited requirements mentioned in the, mentioned in the preceding paragraph, which was the tactical air, right? The problem was, according to this, they didn't have in Trinidad anywhere near a, a, an airstrip internal to Cuba that they could seize, where which would they would be able to use the B twenty sixes from a base within Cuba. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. telling them is, they're telling Bissell and they're telling Dulles, unless you can, unless you have an airstrip in Cuba that you can use, you know, to fly these sorties with your B-26, it's not going to work if you're trying to fly them all the way across the Gulf, you know? Right. And it says here, in particular, the provinces of Orient, Pinar del Rio, Las Vias, in Zapata were restudied. As a result, the paramilitary staff concluded that the only airstrips in all Cuba capable of supporting B-26 operations, which the Cuban for- Air Force could, or the, excuse me, the Cuban Force could have any hope of seizing and holding, were the airfield, were a new airfield, at Playa Miron. They have pigs. The Zapata Peninsula. So what happened... They ended up with three plans, okay? The Preston area, three alternate plans. They got the big Trinidad plan. They come up with three alternate plans. The the Orient plan, the Las Vegas plan, and the Zapata plan. Yeah. All right? It was recognized by the paramilitary staff that the first two concepts mentioned above did not satisfy the requirements for the B-26 airfield, and therefore could not have been executed with an established policy parameters unless attempted entirely without air support. The paramilitary staff advised higher authority within CIA at this time, as it had consistently done in the past, 
that no amphibious operation could be conducted without control of the air and adequate tactical support. These three concepts by Bissell's order were then sent. Where do you think they were sent, Rob? Dulles? Probably. No, by General Gray and a special group from the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Their assessment, as approved by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, was that of the three alternative plans evaluated, the Zapata plan was the best, but that none of the three alternatives was as militarily feasible or likely to accomplish the objective as the Trinidad plan. The paramilitary staff, based on this evaluation by the Pentagon, recommended the Zapata plan to the deputy director of plans, Bissell, as being the best of the three alternatives and the only one of these which offered any possibility of conducting tactical air operations within the limits of established policy. The deputy director of plans was advised, however, that some way would have to be devised to knock out Castro's Air Force before this or any other landing was attempted. What that tells us is they had the Trinidad plan. They had the Orient plan. They had the Las Vegas plan. They had the Zapata plan. They went with the Zapata plan. It was a geographic reference to the area of Cuba where they landed. All four plans were named after the geographic area. It's a plan, ladies and gentlemen, until zero second when somebody clicks the radio and says, go, then it becomes an operation. Thus, the Zapata plan became Operation Zapata based on the geographic reference, not the name of an oil company owned by some dude in Houston. Hmm, <laughs> But they'll tell you, oh, it's suspicious, it's coincidence. No, it's not. Look at a map of Cuba. You know, um, the word Zapata, it's huge. I mean, it can't be any more obvious. It, to me, it's obvious when you look at a map. Oh, they named it after where they actually landed the assault force. You know, but when we read this, like I say, primary source document, oh, that's how it happened. Right. Yeah. You know, it's pretty self-explanatory, you know? So can we please put that nonsense to bed, Rob? I think we can, and I think that was a very well-explained reasoning for naming the operation Operation Zapata. It was part of, you know, three plans, and the one they decided to go with was the Zapata plan, which turned into Operation Zapata. Pretty simple. I just keep imagining, you know, this scene where some guy in, in the CIA goes, you know what we'll do? He's rubbing his hands together and he goes, we don't, in case the news leaks, we don't want anybody to know we're landing at Zapata. So we won't name it Zapata after there. We'll name it after this oil company. That'll fool them. You know what I mean? It's, it's, but it just doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> right. You know, and, and of course, this is not the only thing, you know, we got, we, we still have the boats. We still have the hearsay. Let's let's knock yeah. out let's knock out some of this hearsay and and I don't know about you but a lot of people put a lot of faith in what Fletcher Prouty had to say about the assassination although he really didn't say 
too much specifics. You know, he was a more of a generalist. <laughs> you know, people. Well, you know, you you. It, it's funny you say that. That's 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 exactly well, not exactly the words, but that's kind of what um, uh, Doctor Uncle Walt, uh, Doctor Walt Brown. I call him Uncle Walt. Uh, Doctor Walt Brown um, was on was on my show. Um, Ah, maybe last year sometime, and, and Prouty came up, and, and, and he made the observation that, you know, the guy's kind of famous for telling half a story. Yeah. You know, uh, he'll say so much and then go, and this is Dr. Walt's work, you know, and, and he said, um, he'll, he'll say so much and then go, ah, you know, you, you can figure out the rest, you know, do your own research, <laughs> your own thing, so you go figure it out, you know, and I've been told that that's because Colonel Prouty knew where the line was. And he knew how far he could go. Right. Um, well, what, you know, you I know, think it, 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 to me, it's either that, or <laughs> is it, or is it just throwing a throwing a bone off a cliff for a bunch of energetic, hungry puppies? You know, I don't know. Yeah, and, and the thing about Fletcher Prouty, you got to remember, folks, is <laughs> the intelligence ties, and and once you're in that world, and you're a part of that world. And you you really, if you're legitimate and you're really going to make that decision to stab everybody that you know and everybody that you work for for so long in the back like that, you better be prepared for the repercussions. Yeah, I you know, one, I'm not. I for one I hate put a lot thing, of you know, stock in the guy. Do what? I'm sorry. I was talking <laughs> over you like a jerk. What did you say? <laughs> I said, I for one, you know, I, I don't put a lot of stock in 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 what he says, and and it's not just this. There's you know, there's other things like uh, Ed Lansdale and, and Dealey Plaza, and you know, all this other nonsense. But um, well, you know, I gotta say about that, you know, I've I've been asked about that before, and and I've been kind of called on the carpet about that before by a well-known name in the community. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I made the comment or, or the observation that there's really no, like, solid primary source proof of the CIA personnel in Dealey Plaza, but we do have that as far as military intelligence goes. And um, 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 this this individual said, you know, do your homework. Surely you know that, uh, you know, Fletcher Prouty and, and Krulak identified uh, Lansdale from, you know, the, the, the three trans photo, and, and that's proof. Well, yeah, I looked. I'm not saying it's not Lansdale, but um, I think they made that. I think I don't know if that letter exchange between Krulak and Prouty happened in seven in the early seventies or early eighties. I think it was the early eighties. Um, but you know, uh, an identification made fifteen twenty years later, um, based on a black and white photo of the back of some guy's head, <laughs> is not enough proof to convince me. No, and you won't say it, but I'll say it. It's not at Lansdale. It, <laughs> because there's also another... I don't think it is either, Rob. There, I, I, no, I was look, being I'll, I'll tell you judicious. why. I'll tell you why. Because there's another picture thrown out there of supposedly of George Bush talking to Ed Lansdale in Dealey Plaza. Okay, you know the one I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I happen to have another angle of, of, the, of the man that supposedly George Bush is talking to that is supposedly Ed Lansdale and you can actually see his face and guess what 
It's not Ed Lansdale, and it's not George. Bush. I wish you. I wish you would. You need to get on a mountaintop and shout that from on high <laughs> and spread that thing all over the world for everybody to see. Because you know that's one of those things like um, like the Bush stuff that uh, eventually, if you pound this people's heads long enough, it, it becomes true. <laughs> I guess you know it's. It's it's like the Bush and Zapata and the boats thing, you know, that we're going to talk about. You know, if you if you if you pat it hard enough, people begin to believe it. Or if you make slick enough YouTube videos, doesn't matter the content. You know, it's uh, oh, what was that phrase I heard? Um, symbolism over substance. You know, right? Uh, yeah. It owns truth, and, and it's uh, kind of crazy. And the Lansdale thing's the same way. Now, in this. Uh, you know, you were talking about I posted um, some of this stuff, and I posted in Mr. Chris Gallup's group, uh, The Continuing Inquiry, and I want to give a shout-out to, if it's okay, Mr. Rob, a loyal listener to both of our shows, Mr. Charles Catalano. He brought, speaking of Prouty, this is what <laughs> he uh, he uh, brought this to my attention. And here's the problem with the... Uh, the site. I appreciate him uh, uh, giving me the quote, but when I went to the link that he posted, um, it was a Google Groups link, and the um, the quote was there by somebody who had apparently interviewed Prouty while JFK was being made. But when I went to click on the actual link to see who had who had written it, um, I got four hundred four not found. So. But this is apparently, allegedly, what Prouty said about the George Bush thing. You ready? Okay. Um, he, Fletcher Prouty, this is in quotes, told me that one of the projects he did for the CIA was in 1961 to deliver U.S. Navy ships from a Navy shipyard to the CIA agents in Guatemala planning the invasion of Cuba. He delivered, he said he delivered three ships to a CIA agent named George Bush, hmm. who had three ships painted to look like they were civilian ships. That CIA agent then named the three ships after his wife, his hometown, and his oil company, Barbara, Houston, and Zapata. The Barbara J, the Houston, and the Zapata. And then he says, this is, a, again, a tr- the quote attributed to Prouty, any book on the history of the Bay of Pigs will prove the names of those three ships. Okie dokie. Um, now, we're going to go back, right back to the same, very same primary source document that we were using previous, uh, talking about operations of pot. And they're talking about, in this point, uh, this, this uh, internal CIA paper about the ships that they acquired for the Bay of Pigs invasion. An initial experiment with the first course, two LCIs, you know, landing craft, were bought and refitted through a ship broker in Miami, refitted in Miami, and mixed crews, including American contractor masters and key officers, along with Cuban crewmen, were placed on board. The use of American personnel in this capacity required approval of the special group. That's the group with uh, John Kennedy and Robert Kennedy, you know, the special group, the Cuban group. Right. How many boats was that? Two boats. 
Oh, okay. Now, Fletcher Pratt, he states, let me, let me flip back over here. Or, excuse me, I'm yeah, wrong. Three, three, uh, but Fletcher Pratt, he states that he took them to Guatemala to deliver to George Bush. No, 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 no. Fletcher Pratt, he's speaking for to come. According to this primary source document, this formerly top secret CIA only history, it was done in Miami. As a result, this is interesting, as a result of the inordinate delays and difficulties experienced in readying these two ships for sea, the idea of acquiring more ships in this manner was abandoned. The next thing they did is they went to a guy, Mr. Eduardo Garcia, a Cuban exile, wealthy. Him and his brother and his father owned a shipping company that was actually incorporated in Panama, and he chartered uh, five ships to them including two 1,500-ton motor vessels and three 2,000-ton steamships. All these were, all these were refitted in Miami also. And then later, two additional ships were chartered from the United Fruit Company for follow-up delivery of supplies and equipment after the assault phase when they, you know, when they had a safe lane in because right. they, were not, they were not refitted. They, these, the United Fruit Ships were going to supply ships. Um, so no, they did not get three boats. They did not deliver the three Navy boats to Guatemala. To Guatemala. They went to Miami. Um, and the, the, the big thing that the, the Bushies will point at is this is allegedly they were called the Barber J, the Houston. And I guess that comes from Proudy, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So. Um, and again, thanks, Charles, for pointing that uh, Proudy link out, because that's interesting. <laughs> I did not know that the ultimate source of that was Proudy. That, this is news to me. Uh, but um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, so the, the, the boats. Well, I, you know, I'll bet you, Rob, and I'm, I don't have the time or the inclination to do the research, but I'll bet if you were able to say, okay, let me, you know how, it's like cars. When you register cars, they register in your county, right? Right. All right. How many different counties do you think have bays and piers and docks and whatnot? If you were to go from, say, Houston, follow the Gulf Coast, doing all this research, all the way down to the tip of Florida, hang a left, go up the coast of Florida, up the Atlantic coast, say, follow the eastern seaboard of New York City, and find out how many boats between Houston and New York along that coast were registered under the name Houston? Or Barbara. I mean, you know, it's it was a pretty common... Yeah. It was a pretty common female Here. name back then, you know, to name your boat after a woman, first of all. Exactly. I'll bet you there were literally dozens and dozens of boats of all shapes and sizes from, from some old man that paddles them out in the, his little skiff into the Louisiana Gulf to get his crab traps to oil tankers. You're probably going to find some name used. And the thing about the Barber J, well, this other boat was called the Barber J. He named it after his wife. What they don't tell you is that Barbara Bush was, ne was born Barbara Pierce. Yeah. There's no middle name on her birth certificate. No, The no. woman did the woman didn't have a middle name, much less a middle initial. Her mother and father weren't named Barbara, so she's not a junior. No. So where did the J come from? So there's, 
and, and, and the point that I like to make about that is, you know, back to the primary source stuff with the both things. All right. Even if, like Fletcher, Fletcher Prouty said in his quote that I can't attribute to anybody, I'm sorry about that, but, you know, any book or study on the Bay of Pigs, he says, will prove the names of these boats. That's all well and good. Now prove they were George Bush's or prove you gave them to him. Right. The fact that you can prove that a boat named the Houston and the Barbara existed during the raid does not prove that George Bush had a damn thing to do with it. Nope. And anything beyond that is speculation. And if you stand up and you yell at the top of your lungs with nonsense websites that your speculation is truth, it's because you want it to be true. Exactly. And that's exactly the kind of thing that folks that you're going to run into if you're going to start looking at the Kennedy assassination. What we're talking about here is a popular theory that George Bush was behind the assassination, and this is what proves it. Okay, now we have just annihilated 99% of that theory for you in the past half an hour. You know, um, you know, no, you, I'm you, not saying he's not a bad guy. <laughs> I just, I just, or he's not. A, I'm not saying he's not a bad guy. And and you know what? I think that people look at him as sort of a sort of a, a a Darth Vader kind of figure and it's it's justifiably so. But yeah. you know, it's like the Ted the the, the, the Ted Cruz thing. You know, suddenly it took it took thirty six hours for the YouTube warriors to suddenly it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. It's canon. It's carved in stone. And you know what? Yeah, and what we're referring to here is the, the whole Ted Cruz having to drop. They say wow. he dropped out of the race because his father was was in New Orleans and, and was working with Lee Oswald and the CIA and all this other nonsense. And we, I dispelled that rumor a couple of months ago, and it's been thoroughly dispelled by good researchers. Sir, yeah, effectively. Yeah. You know, I mean, even down to comparing his height and and this, that, and the other. I mean, it's been debunked 30 ways from Sunday. It's not a true story, but, you know, once people get their claws into it and and it hits the tabloids and, and, you know, there's not much he can do about it except deny it. And, you know, here we go. Because most people don't have the the wherewithal to actually look any further (laughs) than just hearing about it on the news or reading it in the supermarket on on the front page of the Inquirer. That's their that's their research capability, and that's what they understand. That's what they see. That's what they hear. That's what people are talking about, and they don't look any further. What I'm encouraging, yeah. And unfortunately, there's a there's a large segment you were talking about. You know, the the the, the, the they stop at the tabloid. There's a large segment of people, unfortunately, that stop at YouTube. Yeah, that too. I mean, because for every popular JFK assassination theory out there, you'll run into you know, a mob of people who, who back that theory, support that theory with whatever kind of kernel of nugget of possible truth or speculation that they can find to support their said theory. And they were not willing to give it up for nothing, no matter how much you try to dispel it or prove it wrong, or you do prove it wrong. They don't want to hear it, they, you know, because that's their pet theory. They think they've solved the case and they think that they've got, you know, their finger on the trigger here and, you know, uh, George Bush was behind it. LBJ was behind it. Oswald did it alone. You know, I mean, you can go on down the line. James Files did it from behind the grassy knoll. You know, this, that, and the other. There's, there's a, a ton of theories. 
you know, about what actually happened, who was behind it, you know, this, that, and the other. And that's what this show, and that's what Doug's show is about, is trying to get to the truth, what we can prove. And and when people say, well, you can't trust these documents, they're coming from the CIA. Well, let me tell you a little secret, people. Okay, the CIA never in a million years thought that these documents, especially from the early 60s, would ever see the light of day. Amen, man. A- amen. Like what, 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 what we were reading today. I mean, that, you know, um, I find it, and, and there are there are some people that will tell you believe that, that will they will actually tell you, oh, you you actually believe that, you know, that it's well. I really have a hard time believing that in 1961, somebody, uh, 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 an internal CIA history that was top secret and meant to stay that way. It was only because of the JFK Records Act that this thing ever was it was ever released. That George and, Bush put into law, by the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That he signed. I find it incredibly hard to believe that that this guy in 1961, it, literally two weeks after the Bay of Pigs, when they when they tasked him to find out what went wrong, said, "Hmm, that asset we have in Houston that has the oil company that gave us the two books better falsify this stuff about the Joint Chief Special Committee and their uh and uh, their advice and their recommendations to hide his involvement in case he becomes president." I mean, come on. Yeah. Now it wasn't until the later, the late part of the '60s, you know, in Watergate, and and all, when all the shit started to hit the fan, that you know, that the, the FOIA Act was 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 signed into law by Richard Nixon. You know, it wasn't until then that they kind of figured out, well, hey, maybe we better, you know, chill out with all these internal documents and tops, you know, because we don't know what is going to be be able to get out there after all this, but. Whatever happened in the early 60s, whatever pertains to the Kennedy assassination, whatever de- pertains to their operations, uh, you know, in the early 60s, mid 60s, you know, you can pretty much trust the documentation because they never, ever in a million years, you know, they were so arrogant that and they were so autonomous that they never thought that they would be called to the carpet and have to produce any of these documents for anybody for any reason. You know, this is internal CIA shit, and nobody's ever going to see it, is what they thought. And if you don't believe it, go to you. If you guys don't believe it, go to YouTube and find Richard Helms's testimony to the House Select Committee on Assassinations. Because they got into talking about the CIA Castro mafia assassination plots um, pretty, pretty heavy. And what they were talking about was the 1967 internal CIA history of those mafia-slash-CIA assassination plots. LBJ wanted to know what the hell went on with that, right? So he told Helms. Helms commissioned this report, and it is full of so much embarrassing stuff about, um, you know, just, just this clown show Keystone Cops thing that was this 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 plan they entered with you know with mafia elements to, to assassinate Castro and how everything went wrong. And Dulles or not excuse me, not Dulles, but Helms, they're quizzing it pretty good on it is HSCA testimony and he flat flat out tells them, you know, this as far as this declassified thing that um if I thought it would ever go public. I would have had the lawyers sanitize it heavily. Boom. 
and he tells them this. You don't testify to the House Select Committee on Assassination. If I knew this stuff was ever going to go public, it would never read like it does. And he straight up tells them that. You know? Yeah, because, I mean, if, so, yeah. if you think about it now, I mean, if you try to get documentation from the CIA about anything that happened recently, such as 9-11 or, or anything you know recent, good luck. Because, you know, they, they've either changed their system or they've smartened up what, it, what gets to – how things get released to the public or, or, you know, things like that. But, you know, when we're talking pre-1970, all bets are off the table because, you know, all this stuff they never thought would see the light of day. <clears throat> of course, things change, times change. And, <clears throat> you know, the process, I think they just reformed the FOIA laws here recently because, you know, we're still not getting what we asked for when, you know, when we asked for it, you know, and, and supposedly by – we're supposed to have all the JFK records <clears throat> released by the CIA by next year, which is <clears throat> September 2017 or October in 2017. Yep. October next year. That's when they have to do it by. Okay, they could have done it any time in the past 25 years. They want to wait to the very last possible minute <clears throat> to make sure that their ass is covered and that you know that they're going to release what they're going to release. And how do we know we're getting it all? We don't. You know, I'm sure there's a team of folks over there pouring through documents for the past 20 years. You know, oh fig- yeah, figuring out what they're going to yeah, figuring out what they're going to let go and what they're not. I mean, it, it, I don't agree with with how the process was. It, it should have just been okay. We're getting it all right now. I don't care what you say. <laughs> give it up. You know. You but, know, um, a few months ago, Rob, um, I, I can't remember who it was. Got a hold of the list. Of of the documents that they're still holding, and was it was it thirty one hundred or seventeen hundred? I can't remember. Yeah, I, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and the people knew to you know, like you you said, you got some some maybe some new listeners checking your show out. The people newer to the case, you got to think about this. Yeah, that's thirty one hundred documents. In fact, that sounds like a lot, or maybe seventeen. I can't remember what it was. Let's just say it's eleven hundred, right? Or was that it? Was it eleven hundred? I think that's right. I can't remember. But that's documents. And a document does not mean a page. It can mean a hundred pages. <laughs> it can mean five hundred pages. It can mean a thousand. When we talk about a document, like I'll give you a for a for example. I, I found a de- an internal declassified CIA history paper I stumbled across last week called and it was they wrote it. I want you guys to understand that the CIA wrote this for themselves in 2007. Now it's declassified. It's called Eagle and the Swastika, the CIA and Nazi Germany. And it's all about it's list, but Rob, it's six hundred and something pages long. It's a book. Yeah, it's a book. And that's one document. And I've even heard um, that, you know, the uh, the Oswald files alone that they have still, um, I think I've heard that it's nine four-drawer file cabinets full of paper. Yeah, it's probably 2,000 pages easy, you know, yeah. if, if not more. And we should have had all this stuff so long ago. I mean, they should have just made them come up, just come off of it. You know, what? What's, yep. what, they're, they're waiting for people to die, and, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, people that are newer to the case have got to ask themselves, you know, if, if Lee Oswald was, a, was, a, was an unaffiliated lone nut assassin, 
why are his IRS tax records classified on the grounds of national security 53 years after the event? You know, not only that, but what, 18 years after the end of the Cold War? Yeah. What? What national security could there possibly be attached to Lee Harvey Oswald's tax records? I'll tell you why. They don't want you to know who's paying it. Right. Because, you know, he did a lot of questionable things, like leaving the military early to to defect to Russia, you know, on the turn of a hat. Getting, yeah, know, well, the thing about it is, dude, it doesn't matter how deep in uh, how, how how deep cover you are as a as a spy. You know, everybody's the same in 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 this country. Maybe the IRS is going to get theirs. Yeah, you're going to get paid. And there's going to be a record of it. You know. Yeah, or if you're an FBI informant, you know, you're going to get paid. Uh, you know, there's there's a ton of stuff. You know, now I realize, you know, that that some of these assets or, or, or informants, you know, likely would have gotten paid in cash, I'm guessing. I don't think they would have had a check, you know, from the Central Intelligence Agency or, or the Federal Bureau of Investigation writing them a check. Um, but, you know, you, you just never know, you know, with, with, with the way things are. And, and if there's nothing there, then, then show it to us. That's all we're saying. If there's nothing That's there, awful. then show it. There's a reason why we haven't seen it yet. We just don't know the reason yet. You know, I, I think you may hit it right on the head, dude. They're they're waiting for people to die, man. You know, somebody somebody very important um, who could be implicated uh, in a bad way in a high way may be still alive. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, maybe they're just waiting for for our generation to be gone. You know, maybe. Uh, or the people that live through it to to mostly go yeah, to yeah, die. Yeah, the people that live through it. You like know, our, maybe parents our parents' generation. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's because our parents because at this point the oligarchy, you know, um, is 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 so uh, dominant that for our generation, even if we do find out the truth, what the hell are we going to do about it? Yeah, because by the by the time we do figure this all out, it's going to be too late to do anything about it because everybody's going to be dead. Nobody's going to care anymore, and really, what can we do about it? You know, I mean, yeah, there's a call, you know, by a lot of good researchers to reopen the Kennedy case. A murder case has no statute of limitations in Texas. They can bring charges if if something is found out against somebody, but you know, we're a long way from there, brother. Yeah, and and you know, uh, it, it's 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 so important um, to me because. Uh, you know, and funnily, funnily enough, I, I, this is a quote from Gerald Patrick Hemming that I like, and, and I believe it was, and, you know, the guy said a lot of, man, what a funny guy, but I love this quote. You know, he actually said that John Kennedy was the last president who actually thought he was president and acted accordingly. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and uh, I think that's exact. I, I think that's true. And, uh, it's so important. I think that the, 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 the people that didn't get called out, that they get found out, you know, and, you know, if it's any, if it's any, uh, consolation, I have a 12 year old who can tell you who David Ferry is. So, you know, I'm passing it down. Yeah. My kids, my kids know too. So, 
You know, I mean, it's, and things like this, you know, people wonder why we're still interested. But, you know, it's 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 the greatest murder mystery of all time if you don't believe the official story that you've been fed. And a lot yeah. of people do not because, you know, there's just not enough evidence to support the fact that Lee Oswald was the lone assassin of the president. And, you know, this is why we're still looking. You know, this is why we still care. You know, it's it's interesting to us. It's it. It lays the groundwork for for what has been going on in this country for the past 53 years, and you can see the evolution if you're inclined, so inclined, to actually look. I mean, you know, I mean, good God, look 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 at where we are now. Who the fuck is going to be the next president? I mean, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump? I mean, really? You know what I'm saying? Like, we it, it doesn't even fucking matter who is president anymore. You know, oh, man, it's like you're you're you're. The presidential election, it's it's almost like a Batman comic, you know. Uh, you're having to, you're having to pick between Two Face and the Joker. Yeah, and and these both these dummies, Hillary Clinton and and Donald Trump, are just pliable lumps of monkey shit that mean nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're absolutely nameless, faceless piles of human skin. And bones, and and they mean nothing. They have nothing. And Donald Trump thinks he's going to change to come in here and start building walls and and doing this and doing that. Well, Congress ain't going to let him do that shit. Okay, you know he, he he can't just come in here and start making all these you know presidential orders. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But you heard what Barack Obama and all his hope and change nonsense. And what's he do? Not a damn thing, but make things worse. You know you can't believe a thing that these people say. And like you said, the last real president who thought he was president. Who was d- trying to do shit on his own was John Kennedy, and that's the truth. Whether you want to, whether anybody out there likes it or not, every president since John Kennedy has b- either been part of the old boys club or has been well beholden to others. I should say, you know. And it's, if you make it through politics to the stage to where you're running for president, you already owe at least fifty people in your back pocket. Um, they got you where you are, and that's who makes the policy. That's who tells you how things are going to go. That's what corporations who've given you money you have to answer to them now. What if they want something done? You got to do it. You know this, that, and the other. So, yeah, I mean, it's we're getting to the point now where it just doesn't even matter who's president anymore. Honestly, I mean, it really doesn't. It's just a figurehead, a handshaker, uh, you know, a gossip. A reason for you know for the tabloids you know it, it that's all it is it's just a distraction and you know I encourage everyone out there to look just a little deeper when you hear something about who's behind the Kennedy assassination if you hear George Bush if you hear Lyndon Johnson if you hear you know James Files if you hear the name Judy Baker you know I was Oswald's girlfriend and this and that look a little deeper okay because a lot of what these people are saying cannot be backed up with any kind of documentation or evidence whatsoever. And in this case, that is what is important, what can be proven. You know, I don't like fairy tales and I don't like stories when it comes to this. I'm not going to put all my eggs in, in somebody's basket who tells me a story that I can't prove one way or the other. And that's just me. And I know Doug won't either. You know, and and I encourage. No, I, yeah, yeah. I'm I, like I say, I'm I'm kind of notoriously hard to convince. Um, 
you know, you, 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 I'm a firm believer in, in, in you know, if, if, for example, um, if you read in a book that, um, you know, this person, this person, and this person were at a meeting in Dallas, well, you know, it's one thing to read. Well, then you got to find the source of the story. Um, and then you got to go vet the source. And then, you know, you might, you might look at the three people in the meeting and look through, look at their history and their narrative. Are they the kind of people who would be there? Were they in that area? Could they have been in the area? You know, it's what we were going back to, or what we were talking about earlier, in that if you make a claim loudly enough, it becomes true. And people will start factoring in that speculation into their own critical thinking with absolutely no proof. Well, but this can't be true, and ooh, that bush had to have been involved. So that, you know what I mean? And it's 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 really unfortunate, uh, you know. Yeah, or ooh, that um, Lyndon Johnson had to be involved, or you know. Yeah. On down the line, it's just it doesn't matter. It's just you got to do critical thinking and analysis, <laughs> just like the name of yeah. Of so a great... I've I've become such a Speaking of hard to convince, you know, here lately, and I know you and I have talked about it, I've become more and more and more and more of that, what I call a conspiracy minimalist. Um, you know, Oakham's razor. Um, <laughs> the simplest explanation is probably the best and um, or probably the truth. Um, another, you know, um, another quote I like is um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes books, I think it's in a study in Scarlet, he said, you know, you, it's what you were talking about, dig a little deeper, don't just believe it, like with Judy Baker, and this and that, what he says, when you've, when you've eliminated the ridiculous and the impossible, whatever's left, no matter how improbable, must be true. Yeah. You know, and, you know, Baker and the doorway and the George Bush stuff, they 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 fall under the category of ridiculous to me. So, you know, what you've... And they are the subject of, of a lot okay. of ridiculousness of the weeks here. Believe me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow, man. We've... Uh, this was going to be like 10 minutes when you called. <laughs> hey, it's the whole damn show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nothing wrong with that. The whole episode. Nothing wrong with that. We do it all the time, man. Doug Van Dam. There we go. There we go. Well, uh, hey man, uh, do you want me to uh, uh, give out give out all the links and whatnot, man, to the Please to do. the thing there? Hey, yeah, and, and tell people where they can listen to your show at too. You know. Yeah, that's what I I, I can't remember the website. I'm trying to I'm trying to call it up now. You would think I would have uh, maybe maybe done that uh, previous, but I'm not that smart. Yeah, my, <laughs> it's the Dallas Action Podcast. Uh, Started up the very same week as the Verified Long Gunman podcast in May of 2014. Uh, people can people can listen. It's it's I call it the uh, just like yours. I call it it's evidentiary analysis of people, places, things, events, and ideas within the narrative of the assassination of John Kennedy. The Dallas Action Podcast. People can listen or download. The entire show archive, which is uh, 89 episodes now, at www.spreaker.com 
slash user slash seven three three eight nine five three uh speaker.com slash user slash seven three three eight nine five three the same fine podcasting uh uh, uh, host site that the Lone Gunman originated yeah. from. Well, you, and, you know and, what, people out there, you can get the Spreaker app, Spreaker podcast app, and just search for the Dallas Action or the Lone Gunman there. You'll find it. That's right. And you can also find me at uh, where we're carried by the Tangent Bound Podcast Network, which is tangentboundnetwork.com, as are you. Yes. Um, and the Wicked Radio Podcast Network at wickedradio.com. So that's where you can find... Uh, Find and listen to the Dallas Action and uh, follow us on Spreaker or there's uh, the Dallas Action on Facebook. Um, we're there, too, and you can uh, – uh, hopefully I'll have a, a new episode uploaded um, sometime this weekend. I'm kind of kind of planning on it, but, yeah, man, check us out. Listen up. It's fun. Yeah, and you can hear Doug on Stitcher as well and me, too. And uh, what's that other app that was just – it's a, it's a podcast. Satchel Player. How can I Satchel forget? Player, yeah. That. Yeah, it's another podcast app called Satchel Player. I apologize to those those guys. They picked the show up recently. Um, it's it's new. I keep forgetting. Well, that, I've only done one show since, you know, they added me. <laughs> but all your shows should, <laughs> should be there. They'll show up in the feed. Um, but, yeah, yep, so we're everywhere. All you got to do is get on Google and search for the Loon Gunman or the Dallas Action. We will pop up. I promise you that. You'll find us. And we almost always pop up together. Yeah, yeah. I think the last time I had you on was a couple months ago. It was 50,000, now it's 75,000 in just a few yep. short couple months. So we're cranking this shit, man. We're You're killing. cranking it. You're cranking it. I've uploaded a total of, I think, three episodes since I talked to you last. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I don't think I'll, I'll ever be back to the once a week thing. It's just, uh, you know, life happens. But, um, we're, we're 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 I'm uploading maybe uh once every three weeks or a month, but um you know honestly I think it gives me more time to prepare yeah. my thoughts together. So I think uh, I'm 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 pretty pleased with the the way things are going with the Dallas action. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It it certainly is. Um, that whole process of you know you know when you get your pocket when you get your notes ready and you got your and you sit down and you hit record and then the the mixing and to put the music in and it's like a little creation and it's uh it's a lot of fun, man. I never would have thought it would be this much fun. It is. Almost like making a baby <laughs> every week. <laughs> <laughs> with your clothes on. Yeah, yeah. It's the most fun you can have with your clothes on, people. That's but Doug, right. thanks so much for joining I, me, brother. Right, you're assuming I'm wearing clothes. Yeah, I know. We can't see you, so I'm hoping you are, but if you're not, that's fine, too. Just be Man, careful. I've got a body made for radio. <laughs> be careful with the ashes, you know what I'm saying? Don't burn anything. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did it again. We degenerated into silliness. We I always know. do. I know. Well, I know. look, man. Well, man, thank you so much for having me on, Mr. Clark, Mr. Rob Clark. Dude, always a People, and your newer listeners, you know, they... Uh, they are like I know I know all the loyalists. They they know we kind of started out together, but uh, you know that's why that's why we get goofy. Yeah, yeah, we got a long history, and uh, if you go back far enough in the archives, you'll understand why. And <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. That's right. Well, brother, I appreciate it once again, and I will talk to you soon. 
You are the man, Rob. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you so much for joining me, Doug. You hang on for me. Folks, head over to TLGpodcast.com. I'm going to post up some of the documents that we talked about here today, and I'll post uh, that debunking uh, Ed Lansdale in Dealey Plaza photo if I can find them. Uh, i got to dig through my little photo archive, see if I can find them. It's like trying well, to find hey, a needle in a haystack. First, send them to me, because I really want to see that. All right, yeah. Yeah, i got to find the needle in the haystack first, and then uh, I'll shoot them your way. Boom. And also, check out darkmist.org, people. It's a podcast collective, and if you like this show, then you will love the shows over there. I'm talking true crime, history, uh, fiction-based podcasts. We've got horror uh, mockumentaries over there. We've got original fantasy or, or orations over there. I mean, it's tons of stuff over there. Guys are killing it. I'm the featured podcast this month. Um... You know, but trust me, a lot of great stuff over there. I'm talking paranormal, the strange, the weird, the unexplained, all kinds of crazy shit going on over there at darkmist.org. Follow the link on tlgpodcast.com to get there. This some bitch is in the can, beamed up the satellite down directly to your ears, people. This is your boy with my boy. Peace. to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only.